You are listening to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm your host, Esther Avant, personal trainer, sports nutritionist, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help you lose weight for the last time without sacrificing your quality of life to do it. So pop your headphones in, go for a walk, and learn how to become the healthiest, happiest, and most confident version of yourself. Hello, welcome back to the Live Diet Free Podcast. I'm excited. I took a little bit of a summer hiatus. I had recorded some episodes in advance so that I would be able to take the summer off from recording. And I've missed it. And now I'm back. You're going to be hearing this a couple weeks after I record it. So that feels cool. Happy October. Today we're talking about something that, once again, when I started this podcast, I was like, I don't know how many things I'm going to have to talk about. It's probably going to like fizzle out. I'll do a handful of episodes and, and that'll be it. And now we're coming up on two years, maybe three years. I don't know. That's how long it's been that I don't know anymore. Um, I think three years because I think we're we're in the 150-ish realm. So that math tracks. Um, anyway, I have not run out of things to talk about. And in fact, I when I do my brainstorming sessions, sometimes I stumble on something that I'm like, how have you not done an episode on this yet? And today is one of those episodes. We're talking about how to break an all or nothing cycle and more importantly, really the the all or nothing mentality that you likely have toward your health and weight loss goals. You guys know that I've been doing this for a long time and I've coached hundreds, if not thousands of women who have similar goals and largely have very similar challenges. And one of the number one challenges is this all or nothing approach. And probably just in my saying those words, you've already self-identified like, yep, this applies to me. But if you're not there yet, it likely does. And what it looks like is having periods where you're quote unquote really good or on point or doing all the things, you're exercising consistently, maybe you have a, a streak going on your Peloton, you feel like you're staying really mindful of your goals you are saying no to a lot of things that you know don't serve you, and you just generally feel like really, really on top of things, really on point. And that feels good. But without fail, eventually something happens, and you feel like, like it all just kind of comes crumbling down. Maybe you can pinpoint, oh yeah, it's whenever X happens. But more likely, you're just like, I don't know, like life happens. I have good intentions and I do really well. And then next thing I know, I've fallen out of all the habits and I don't really know how I found myself there. Another thing this might look like is you telling yourself, I know what to do. I'm just not doing it. And I'm frustrated or I don't know why, or I sometimes do it, but not consistently. Or when I do do it, it doesn't feel like it works anyway. And then I feel like, why am I bothering? So if any of this is relatable, this episode is for you. We're going to talk about how to get out of this cycle and this mentality so that you can start getting more consistent, better, more sustainable results that don't feel like you're moving heaven and earth to create. So the first thing I want to touch on is as I've mentioned in a lot of episodes and a lot of different other topics, our behavior is really kind of dictated by our thoughts. So if you are in an all or nothing cycle, if you have this mentality, it is because you are thinking a certain thing or a certain way, and that is causing you to continue to repeat this pattern. So what it likely is, 
is some variation in your own words of if I'm not as close to perfect as possible, then it's not going to work for me. You refer back to past experiences where you did a really strict challenge or diet or you know short-term thing, and you did see results. And your interpretation of that is, see, I was successful when I took this really all-consuming approach. And then when I stopped doing that is when I gained the weight back. So the way you're viewing those past experiences is what feeds this all or nothing mentality. So rather than your takeaway being, well, the weight came back because I couldn't sustain that type of approach for long, therefore the approach needs to change. The way you're viewing it is, see, I knew it. I I need even more rules. I need to be even more strict because that's the only thing that works. So the first thing to kind of unpack and unlearn is that belief about yourself and about what it takes to lose weight. I've talked before about what the work looks like to choose new thoughts. And I know it can be kind of woo-woo. And I know a lot of times we just want the like, just tell me what to do. But this is really important. In order to break a cycle that you're currently in, you need to start thinking differently if you want to start taking different actions. So the first part of breaking this cycle is becoming aware of the thought that's causing it and working on replacing it with something that will serve you better. So this is ongoing work. This is not like a, I heard on a podcast, I did it once, now I'm, you know, I'm fixed type situation. Just like in the gym where you need to put in the reps or just like one meal choice doesn't, you know, move the scale one way or the other. It needs to be an ongoing thing. So what that looks like is any time you start to notice, and that's step one, is starting to notice um, the the thoughts. And hopefully, now that you've heard this, you are going to be more aware of, of those thoughts. So step one, become aware of them. Step two, decide you are no longer going to entertain that thought. And that thought is no longer welcome to build a nest in your brain. <laughs> if you haven't listened to past episodes, you don't know about my favorite quote, but it's uh, the gist is you can't stop a bird from landing on your head, but you can pre- prevent it from building a nest in your hair. So it applies to thoughts perfectly because you can't control just what pops in your head, right? But you can control how much you let it fester and how much you obsess over it and how much you believe it and let it get comfortable and become part of your ongoing soundtrack. So once you know, oh yeah, I have this all or nothing belief that the only way I can be successful is if I'm taking things to the extreme and I never take days off and I'm, you know, never anything less than perfect. Once you know that you have that thought, you need to recognize that it's not serving you, that it's just creating more of this cycle, more of this roller coaster where you do all that stuff, it works for a little bit, you can't sustain it, you backslide. That's what needs to change first. So when you notice those thoughts popping into your head, It's not a matter of beating yourself up about them. It's not a matter of, um, you know, getting mad. Why am I still thinking this? It's gently saying, nope, that thought doesn't serve me or that's not helpful. I don't believe that anymore. And then actively choosing what you want to think instead. The, The thing that I would think is that's what I've done before and it hasn't worked I need to take a more gradual approach this time. You really want to start working on convincing yourself that what you 
what you need is not more of the same. It's not taking things to to an even higher extreme. It's more moderation. It's more shades of gray. It's more messy middle, like I've talked about before. Now, the thoughts are important, obviously. But you can't just think yourself into a different body or different actions. The thoughts become the catalyst for the actions that you are going to take. So once you've kind of set the stage with thinking differently and recognizing this thought is not serving me, maybe it did in the past for whatever reason, but it's not anymore, I need to move past this, then it's a matter of also taking actions at the same time. And as you're taking those actions, and as you notice the ups and downs of the process, it's going back to the thoughts and reminding yourself, slower results than I want, or frustrations, or the grind, or whatever, do not mean that what I'm doing isn't working. They're just part of the process. So your brain is going to very much want to go back to what you've done before, want to go back to those old beliefs and that old approach. And your job as the mental work is to do that ongoing reminding of yourself, nope, been there, done that, doesn't work, every single time those thoughts come into your head. And that's, I think, what people miss is like, you know, intellectually, that what I'm saying is true. You know that you can't keep repeating the same behaviors and that somehow they're going to get a different outcome. It's when you're in the thick of it that it's hard to remember that. And that's why mental work is so important that, like I said, just like you have to keep showing up in the gym, you have to keep eating with, uh, with your goals in mind, you have to keep doing the mental work. And if you think about it, you've had this old thought dozens, hundreds, thousands of times. So it makes sense that the first handful, couple dozen, hundred hundred times you think a new thought, it still doesn't really feel true. You don't necessarily 100% believe it. And it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of reps. Your old thought pathway is much more deeply entrenched than the new one. And that doesn't mean the new one's wrong. It means you haven't given it enough time, enough practice, and enough reps. So really, the biggest thing is to continue to remind yourself it's not a problem that that old thought popped in my head. And also, I'm not entertaining it anymore. And you insert the new one as many times as it takes. So let's say you are someone who does identify as having an all or nothing past. And you're hearing this and you're like, yes, okay, I understand. This has to change. What does it actually look like? Let's say I'm coming from a nothing phase. And I'm really tempted to jump into a power zone challenge and a new strength training program and hit a, you know, 12,000 step goal and eat, you know, nothing but, you know, skip breakfast, eat nothing but salads for lunch and, you know, no alcohol, no this and that. You're tempted right now to go back to that sort of all part of the extreme. What does it look like to not do that this time? One of the most important takeaways that I want you to have from this episode is to meet yourself where you are. And I know this can be tough sometimes because we're not happy where we are. We don't want to meet ourselves there. We want to meet ourselves down the road where it's already better. The scale is already down. Our clothes are already feeling better. And the reality of it is we just can't. And that's not going to make us successful to come from the frame of mind of I can't believe you let yourself get here. I don't want to acknowledge it. Jump right back in to all the things because that's going to be the fastest way to get out of this hole that you feel like you're in. And it might. But the thing you need to keep in mind is that the goal is not just to lose weight as fast as possible. It's to stop repeating the cycle where you lose it and then you gain it and then you lose it and then you gain it over and over again. And just like PS, FYI, little sidebar here. 
some weight fluctuations are normal. I feel like this is something that trips up a lot of women, especially women who have reached essentially a good maintenance range, is when I say, you know, you don't want to be gaining and losing over and over again, I'm not talking about a handful of pounds. It's so, so normal for your your weight to fluctuate five, 10 pounds, depending on you know the day, the season, what else is going on in your life. That is not a yo-yo. That is just having a dynamic body and a dynamic life. So if that means that you span two sizes and you've got you know your smaller size and your bigger size, so be it. Having a couple of sizes, especially don't get me started, this turned into a long sidebar, don't get me started on women's sizing and how it's nonsense in the first place. But when I'm talking about yo-yoing, I do not mean within you know a handful or two of pounds. The, the goal is never to see the scale say the exact same number for years on end. That is just not realistic. Okay, so we're talking about a maintenance range. Um, and now I've gone on for so long that I can't even remember what I was talking about before. Right, okay. So I was talking about how the goal is not to lose weight as quickly as possible, but to lose it in a way that you can then maintain. So there's another thought that you want to try on and kind of customize for yourself and remind yourself of, because it's very, very tempting. The number of times I see Facebook posts saying, I'm just looking for a cleanse or a detox. I just want to you know, drop a few pounds really fast, and then I'll do something more sustainable. I know it's not a long-term thing. That is the all-or-nothing approach. Come peeking its little head up out of it. So you can't see I'm doing like a, like a finger worm. So anyway, like with your pointer finger where you like stick it up straight and then you bend it. Right. Um, Okay. So the thought that you likely want to try on is losing weight rapidly doesn't work for me because the thought you probably have now is losing weight. I'm I'm good at losing weight or I can, I can lose weight, but I'm not good at keeping it off. And you're blaming yourself for something that is actually not your fault. It's the fault of the way that you're approaching it in the first place. So those ongoing reminders, losing weight this way does not last. Losing weight this way does not work for me. My goal is to maintain. This is not something I'm going to be able to maintain. All of those thoughts are ones that are going to be more productive at helping you see and helping you get out of the all or nothing cycle. All right. So what does meeting yourself where you are actually look like? Well, it's fine to have a vision for the future. In fact, it's really useful because it can serve as your compass. If you don't know where you want to ultimately get to, you have no idea how to get there, right? And you don't need to have all of the steps from A to B laid out, but you do want a general idea of where you're going. So thinking realistically about how many workouts per week would I be happy with doing consistently? It's so tempting to say that the goal is every single workday or seven days a week and to just kind of like blanket set the bar there when in reality, again, that is your past experience. Those are your beliefs talking. You don't need to work out every day in order to lose weight or to be successful. You don't need every meal to be perfect in order to be successful. Perfection is never the goal, but you do want to think, what would I be happy with long term? If I were six months or a year down the road, how many workouts per week would I be happy with doing consistently? And odds are, that's like four to five. But you do not need to jump to four to five from zero. So meeting yourself where you are 
looks like being honest with yourself, looking back at the last month and seeing how many workouts did I average per week last month. And instead of setting the bar really, really high and telling yourself, I cannot believe that I only worked out three times last month. That is unacceptable. I feel terrible about it. That's it. First thing tomorrow, I am waking up and I'm working out and I'm going for 30 days straight. It's so tempting to do. And what ends up happening is, again, you can't maintain perfection for long. So inevitably, something is going to happen. You're going to get sick. A kid's going to get sick. Your Peloton's going to break down. Something's going to happen. And you're going to miss a day. And because you did not factor in any wiggle room, you're going to feel terrible about it. And then because on day 12, you got a big old goose egg, well, why even bother picking yourself up on day 13 to finish out the month with what you planned because you already, now it is, an, it is impossible for you to hit the goal that you set because you did not build in life happening. So setting better goals means setting the bar slightly higher than it was the last couple of weeks. It's easy to feel like our lives are going to somehow be drastically different in the future, but they're not. The best indicator of what the next couple of weeks of your life are going to look like is what the last couple of weeks of your life looked like. So if you were struggling to get three workouts the last couple of weeks, do not suddenly expect that come Monday, you're going to be eager to do five. You're not. The downside of setting unrealistic goals is that it feeds into this all-or-nothing approach. You take little hits, your self-confidence, your self-trust, your reputation with yourself. Take small hits every single time you set a goal that you don't accomplish. Every, you know, here and there, every so often, not a big deal. And I'm talking about uh, behavior goals, ones that you can directly control. Every so often, not a big deal. You just sort of mis misjudged. It's fine. But when week after week after week, you're setting the bar impossibly high for yourself and then falling short, you are training yourself to believe that what you say doesn't matter because you're not going to do it anyway. And that feels terrible and makes it that much harder for you to show up for yourself in the smaller ways. So the thing you want to ask yourself is, am I 90 plus percent confident that I can accomplish the goals that I'm setting for myself this week. And if you're not, that is a sign to scale them back. And I don't mean, well, yeah, sure, if everything goes according to plan and there are no surprises, yeah, I think I can probably pull it off. Things are not going to go according to plan. They rarely do. So are you building in that expectation and setting the bar a little bit lower than you think you might be able to do so that you really are confident. What we have clients in our Gone for Good program do is set one exercise, one nutrition, and one lifestyle-related goal each week. And as you get more experience, more practice under your belt, we sort of build on, on that. And once things feel more natural and habitual and routine and easier to do, we can set multiple goals because once 
you know, for example, I've talked about how in June I set a, a water drinking goal and it felt really hard to do at first. And now it's October and I hit the goal pretty consistently. It's still effortful. It's not completely automatic, but it's much easier than it was before. So now drink my water doesn't need to be my only it could be in lifestyle, lifestyle or nutrition, I guess. It doesn't need to be my only goal in that category because I already know I'm going to do it. I've proven to myself for the last 117 days that I'm going to do it. So now adding on another thing doesn't feel as daunting. But in the beginning, especially if you have an all or nothing past, you really want to scale it back. You're going to be tempted to say, I want to hit my calories. I want to hit my protein. I want to hit my fiber. I want to get my steps. I want to do my strength training um, and to feel like that's all doable. But if you are returning from a hiatus or if this is the first time that you're focusing on those things, that can feel like a lot. So you really want to scale it back to something that, that really almost feels like too little. And again, that's why managing your thoughts is so important. Because your brain is going to offer you, this isn't enough. You're never going to lose weight this way, or you're going to lose so slowly that it's going to take you the next 10 years, and we don't want that, so let's do more. And reminding yourself, nope, this is what I'm committing to. I will do more down the road, but right now, this is where I'm starting. So what you're doing, instead of taking this extreme kind of pendulum from one end to the other approach is you're taking a more gradual and stepwise approach. So going back to what I said before about having sort of your your end goal in mind, you have your your compass, you know, this is the direction that I'm heading in. Instead of I need to do a world record long jump to just jump myself over to that other side of the, the river, you are going to take it one step at a time. River was not a good analogy there because I don't want you floundering around in the water, but you get what I'm getting at. <laughs> you are taking this one step at a time and you're reminding yourself, when I try to do it all, I can do it temporarily and then it falls apart. I do not want to keep repeating the same pattern. So this is the new approach that I'm taking. I'm starting with one thing at a time. I'm giving myself the gift of however long it takes to make that feel natural and like a habit that I do not effortlessly, but at least without as much thinking. And then I will add something else. I will eventually add in all the things that matter to me, but I'm going to do it one step at a time. And what's going to be different when I do that is it's going to feel easier. It's going to feel more sustainable. I'm going to be able to be more consistent because I'm not biting off more than I can chew. That in turn is going to feel good. I'm going to get some wins under my belt. I'm going to get some momentum going that's going to feel good. I'm going to build my confidence and I'm going to want to do more and I'm going to prove to myself that I am capable of more. That's what is available to you when you decide to let go of the identity of an all or nothing person. And speaking of identifying as an all or nothing person, some of you might say like, yes, I noticed this in a lot of areas of my life, but the majority of you probably have a lot of areas in which you're much more moderate. You probably wouldn't say, I'm really all or nothing with my job. Some days I am killing it. I am, you know, I'm working around the clock, just like cannot be stopped. And then I won't show up for two weeks, right? There are going to be times that you're more enthusiastic than others or you're more productive than others, but you're still showing up. So if you think about that or, or parenting, 
you wouldn't say, oh yeah, I'm really all or nothing with my parenting. Some days I'm making them gourmet five course meals for all of their meals and I'm volunteering and I'm dressed up for a car line and I'm, you know, reading them sonnets that I've written. But then other times, eh, I forget to pick them up at school. They are dumpster diving for their meals. They put themselves to bed whenever they want. I totally check out, right? You don't do that. And I know I'm giving extreme examples, but that's for a reason. Because I want you to see that when you tell yourself I'm an all or nothing person, you make yourself more likely to act that way. So if you look for evidence that in other areas of your life besides health and weight loss, you actually aren't all or nothing. It helps you realize this does not need to be an identity that I continue to, I don't know how to say this, that I continue to identify with. You as a human being are not all or nothing. You have displayed all or nothing tendencies toward your health and weight loss goals in the past, and now you're working on not. I want to give you an example of what it would look like to set gradual stepwise goals for a series of weeks or months. One of the easiest places to start with your exercise and your movement is a daily step goal. This is one of our big rocks in our Gone for Good coaching program for a very good reason. If you're enjoying this episode, I want to invite you to join us in our coaching program, Gone for Good. Gone for Good is our signature 12-week coaching program designed to help you develop the confidence, commitment, and consistency necessary to make reaching your weight loss and health goals inevitable. Our three-part framework helps you learn and master the exercise nutrition big rocks, provides comprehensive support and accountability, and teaches you how to take compassionate ownership of your results. With both group and one-on-one options, we have a Gone for Good package to suit your needs and help you overcome every obstacle between you and the weight loss you're after. Whether you want to lose 5 pounds, 50 pounds, or 150 pounds, we can help you in Gone for Good. For all the info and to join, go to estherabant.com slash coaching. It's important to have an overall active lifestyle. Modern conveniences have made it such that we don't really need to move unless we make an effort to do so. We can have our groceries delivered, we can have food delivered, we can work remotely. We don't need to move nearly as much as we used to. So being intentional about just getting up and moving your body more often and for longer is a great first step. And again, I know that as you're hearing this, you're going to be like, yeah, 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 that's not enough though, right? And again, this goes back to managing your thoughts. It is enough. And it won't be what you are always doing. We're not going to we're not going to set the bar at you know you walk five thousand steps a day. The end. We're going to walk five thousand steps a day, and then we're going to build on it. So again, remind yourself what I've done before hasn't worked. Trying to pile on too many things at once always ends up falling flat. So what do I have to lose by trying this a different way? So you start off with a step goal because it's very easy to do, assuming you're able bodied and you know injury free. There's a very low kind of barrier to starting. It's great if you can walk outside, but a lot of people have treadmills. There are YouTube videos that will help you get thousands of steps in, in your living room. You can pace around your house. You can go to a mall. There are so many ways that you can get in steps. You can take meetings on on the go instead of meeting a friend for happy hour. You can go for a walk, you know, in a park, whatever. It's a great place to start because it's really hard to talk yourself out of doing when you set the bar at a reasonable place. What does a reasonable place look like? 
figuring out what you're currently doing and doing a little bit more than that. That's what all of this is going to boil down to. So now we're 26 minutes into this episode. <laughs> There's your takeaway. <laughs> Do a little bit more than you have been and keep, keep adding from there. Now, when I'm talking about these goals, I don't mean to suggest that this is all you can do. What I mean is this is all you are committing to doing and you will not or you will work on not beating yourself up if you don't do more than that. You're essentially in the beginning, you're setting minimums for yourself. We have a new client who we just onboarded who attended our monthly reflection and goal setting call in her week zero. So she had not even officially begun. She's in like an onboarding week. And she talked about how in her first, in her kickoff call with Coach Meg, something really clicked with her regarding what we call BAMs, bare ass minimums, that she was able to create a daily step goal for herself that she felt like, yes, this is my minimum. I'm not going to cut myself off if I hit, you know, 7,000 steps and say like, oh, no, I can't do any more. It's not to completely bridle yourself, but it's to get you in the position of collecting wins and feeling good about yourself instead of setting the bar so high that you fall short and then feel like crap about it. So there's no like magical order that you need to add habits in. I'm just kind of giving you some some general sh- suggestions that I've seen work for our clients. But ultimately, and this is where coaching can be incredibly beneficial, ultimately what's going to work best for you is unique to your life. You probably have some habits in mind that you want to break or that you want to build or that make the most sense for you to start with. So don't feel like you need to scrap that entirely because I said start with steps. Um <laughs> You can start wherever makes sense for you. There's no wrong way to do it. So give yourself permission to just start, right? That's another piece of this is when you're in the nothing phase, it's hard to get started again because you're feeling down on yourself and it takes a lot of kind of oomph to muster the energy to go all in again. So part of a more gradual approach is it just not feeling as effortful that you might be like, oh, I just don't want to go back to, you know, that that meal plan or I don't want to go back to keto and I don't have time to go back to the gym that I was spending all that time at before. And, you know, you're, you're tempted to be like, well, I guess that means you can't do anything until, you know, whatever. So kind of the the antidote to feeling like I I just don't have it in me to do all that again is to not try. You don't need to. Let me just do a little bit. One of the problems with that all or nothing mentality is you end up coming from a dead stop pretty frequently because all of your momentum evaporates when you settle into the nothing phase. And we all know that taking the first couple steps is the hardest. So when you're starting from that dead stop, it's much harder to get going. And one of the best ways to get going is to make it not feel daunting or overwhelming or time consuming or hard. So starting with something small that you're just like, doesn't really feel like it's going to make much of a difference one way or the other, but it also doesn't feel like it's going to take too much out of me. So like, all right, why not? And then once you start experiencing the feelings of doing what you said you'd do, taking action. That's where motivation comes from. You do not need to be motivated to start doing any of these things. You just need to take that first step. And then when you do, and when you get a couple reps under your belt and you, you know, hit your step goal the better part of a week, it's not that that's, you know, a huge step forward. It's not going to change anything drastically, at least physically, but it can change things drastically mentally. It feels really good 
to do what you said you'd do. It feels really good to accomplish a goal. And that is what gets you out of that rut that makes it so hard to keep going. So from you know your step goal, the obvious thing is you meet yourself where you are. If that's 2,000 steps a day, so be it. Work on getting to three. Let that take as long as it takes. And then gradually increase from there until you're consistently over, you know, seven, eight thousand. There's nothing, there's no like magic threshold where you've, you've done it. Um, but more so being more active within reason is better. Not saying you need to be trying to get up to 30,000 steps a day, but generally speaking, we spend a lot of time sitting and laying and we're just trying to offset some of that by getting you up and moving. So there's not necessarily really an upper limit and there's also no rush to try to get as many as possible as fast as possible. It's about doing, making these gradual increases in a way that doesn't feel like you're asking too much of yourself. Using myself as an example, when I was pregnant was the first time I started like taking intentional walks. Prior to that, I very much had this belief that I'm a personal trainer, I work out most days, so I'm an active person. And I was, you know, really kind of sticking my head in the sand about the fact that I was working out for maybe an hour a day. And the rest of the day, I was doing pretty much nothing. I was probably averaging, you know, 2000 steps a day, maybe four if I you know, went to the grocery store. When I was pregnant, I started walking, mostly because I read it's good for, for fetuses for you to be walking. And I was like, all right, well, I want a healthy baby. So um, that, that's really what started it. And Mattis is five. So it's not like I've been an avid walker for a long time. Then you know, having a baby in a stroller and wanting him to sleep. I was walking in his early couple of years, largely to ensure that he would take a nap and I would get out of the house a little bit. So that's what started the habit. But when we got to Germany, it, you know, obviously that's a major life transition. And I had had many starts and stops with telling myself I needed to walk 10,000 steps a day. And it was really, really frustrating. I would feel like all I was doing, like every waking moment was devoted to like me pacing around the house or like going out for a walk. And it felt really all consuming. And finally, I was like, you know what? Maybe you just stop trying to get 10. If you're doing four, why don't you just try to get to five? And truly in the time that we lived in Germany, I initially, the bar was get to six. That felt like I think I was probably averaging in the like four to five range, just like doing my doing my life at that point. Getting above six was the goal. And then when I was doing that consistently, it was six to eight. And just sort of like over the a, a series of months, it was like at first it was like, okay, 6,001, you know, win. And then it started being like, all right, I'd be happier with seven. And then I was like kind of pushing the, the upper end of that um, 8,000 range. And then, again, over time, I was like, well, now I'm going to move my, my BAM, my expectation for myself. Now I know that I'm capable of getting 8,000 without it being too daunting. So that's where I'm going to, that's my expectation for myself now. Granted, this was months later. I was not doing this, this rapidly. Once I was over eight, then again, I sort of gave myself that range of like, all right, get your eight and then just like, see if you can push it a little bit. See if you can get, you know, eight to 10 is the range. And now we're back in the US, we're living in San Diego. Obviously, it's much more pleasant to be walking. But one takeaway, kind of another sidebar is that I was doing this in northern Germany and also in the winter. So there were times that I was out there bundled up in the dark, in the rain, and still doing it. So a big piece of it for me was working through the excuses of like, oh, no, I can't walk today. You know, I'd see old German people out there 
bundled up walking. I'm like, you know what? That's just an excuse. I, I can put on my raincoat just like anybody else. I can put on my, my galoshes and get out there. So a lot of it was working through my own excuses. Um, but now that we're back in San Diego, I am consistently, I 10,000 has like, I wouldn't say it's my minimum. I'd say I expect 8,500 or more from myself. So my, my minimum hasn't changed a whole lot, but very mostly I'm at 10 to 12, even upwards of like 15. And it doesn't feel hard. That's really what I want to convey to you. I'm not trying to like impress you with my, with my step goal, but I want the takeaway to be that I gave myself literally years to get to this point. And what I mean by, you know, sort of having your, your compass in mind is that with, but not needing to know like the exact steps to get there. When I started this several years ago, my goal wasn't, you know, okay, by October, 2023, I want to be averaging 12,000 steps a day. It was, I want to be consistently more active. I want to have a more active lifestyle because I know it's good for me for a lot of reasons. Where am I now? What's a little bit more than that? And over time, it has just kind of evolved from that. I don't have any intention of sort of increasing the bar from here. I'm happy with where it is now. But the point is, you don't need to have like an ultimate milestone in mind. You will, the, the steps will become more clear as you get closer. And you'll kind of find a point. If you give yourself this, this opportunity, you will find a point where like, you know what? This feels good. This feels sustainable. Maybe it's 7,000 for you. Maybe it's 9,000, whatever. It doesn't matter where it is, but start where you are and do it gradually. The next thing I would focus on physically is your strength training. And like I was saying earlier, there's not like a, a, you have to do things in this order. So I'm not going to say like, once you're at 8,000 steps, then you can graduate to adding in strength training. It's not like that. It doesn't need to be linear like that. Um, but at some point, once you are you know, cognizant of trying to move more and you're working on that and that doesn't feel super daunting, add in some strength training. Ultimate goal, getting to about three workouts per week. Again, you do not need to set the bar at three workouts next week if you haven't been doing three the last few weeks. Start with one. Again, I know it might feel, not feel like enough, but it's not always going to be one. One is going to turn into two, it's going to turn into three, and you're going to settle into letting that be good enough. On the nutrition front, I would say step one, just start documenting what you're eating. It's very, very tempting to want to go to an online calculator or to want to start hitting your calorie or macro targets right away. And again, what, what usually ends up happening is like you're kind of putting the cart before the horse. You haven't even really mastered the skill of tracking in the first place, and now you're trying to build on it. So again, this is all about being more gradual and taking the time that you need to establish habits, to learn skills, to understand how to wield the tools that are going to help you, and not try to do too much at once. So right off the bat, are you functional with a food tracker like my fitness pal? If you don't know how to log the foods that you're currently eating, don't be trying to hit certain targets on top of that. Give yourself the opportunity to practice and to make mistakes. There was an episode a long time ago where I was introduced, it was a book review, I was introduced to the term learning sized mistakes. And I love that because that is the best way to learn. A lot of our clients come and are get really frustrated with themselves that they feel like they're struggling to hit their targets. They're not even sure if they're tracking correctly. And it's like, let's just pump the brakes. You have time. We're not going to throw you to the wolves. You have time to learn and master this stuff. So let's answer the questions that you have about tracking. And a lot of those questions are going to come from just trying and doing your best and being like, hey, did I do this right? Or I have no idea what to do here. 
And the beauty of asking questions and having help is then you get answers and then you know, and then you're better. You're smarter. You're more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Competent. And then you can build on that skill set. So it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to hit a calorie target if you're sure that you know how to use your food scale or you know how to enter what you're eating correctly. If you're not establishing a foundation, you're basically like building this house of cards. No wonder it all comes crumbling down because you haven't cemented the basics. So start with just mastering food tracking. Reason being, it's going to be very eye-opening and you're going to identify some easy ways to improve your diet to support your goals. Then once you know you have an accurate representation of what you're actually eating, it's much easier to say, oh, wow, my calories are really high. Where are the most calorie-dense foods that I'm eating? How can I reduce those? What swaps can I make? Can I reduce the portions? Maybe, like a lot of clients, you realize I'm eating pretty little during the week and I'm eating a ton on the weekend or I'm eating pretty little up until dinner and then I eat way over my calories at night. These are good things to know because then you can start changing them. Once you understand, once you have a handle on tracking, once you're getting reasonably close, I'd say within 100 calories of your calorie target, that's when you want to turn your attention to your fiber intake. And like a lot of the stuff that I said before, even within each of these habits, you can take an incremental approach. So this, uh, the, the client that I mentioned earlier, she has a goal of about 130 grams of protein. Her week of normal tracking suggests that she eats about 90. 90 to 130 feels like a pretty big jump, which is interesting because when, when she told me she was averaging 90, like right from the jump, my thought was like, wow, that's great. <laughs> You're close to 100. That's a really good start. And hers was, I'm 40 grams from where I want to be. Like that feels like a lot. So what do you do? You stop trying to jump to 130 from 90. And you say, all right, I'm ready to do a 90. Awesome. Where are those foods coming from? Where, you know, where, what foods are, are those grams of protein coming from? Can I just eat a little bit more of them? Are there things I could swap out? Are there things, things that, that I can add to get myself to 100? 100 doesn't feel that un, you know, insurmountable. It's just a little bit more than you have been. It's like an extra ounce here, a little bit there. And next thing you know, you're there. Settle in at 100. There is not a race to the finish. Because when you race to the finish, you find out that you end up right back where you started. So take it gradually. Do a little bit at a time. Once 100 becomes your, your minimum, then shoot for 110. I guarantee you, you're going to be so much more successful when you approach it this way than if you continue to operate in your all or nothing mentality. We call fiber the final frontier because that's how we think about it. If you try to do all these things at once, learn how to track, get your calories, get your protein, get your fiber all at once, it feels like a ton. You feel like you have no idea what you're doing. You just want somebody to hand you a meal plan and that is not going to serve you long term. So stop trying to do it all at once. And once you have done, you know, check, 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 then focus on your fiber. I feel like this is like the fifth reminder, but it can't hurt to say it again. You do not need to do this exactly as I'm saying. I think this is a very good way to approach it if you are starting from zero. You might already have a good handle on your tracking and your calories. Then you don't need to you know, go back because I said to start there. Meet yourself where you are and go from there. So maybe fiber is the kind of the next step for you. Then start there. Maybe your protein is better than it's been, but you still have some work to do. Great. Start there. Something that I think helps a ton and I've seen so many of our clients have success with is a basic consistency tracker. Write down 
what habits you're working on, where your minimum expectations are for yourself, aka your weekly goals, what you're going to do this week, and document it on pad and paper or stickers or something tangible in front of you where you can see, am I following through on what I said I would do? And if you're not, this is not a reason to beat yourself up. It's an opportunity to practice the skill of compassionate ownership and ask yourself what's going on. Odds are you just set the bar too high and that's fine. If you thought you were, you know, going into it, you're like, yes, I'm confident I can do this and you fell short. Okay. That's a good learning experience. So what are you going to do differently this week to either make sure that you hit that goal and you don't have kind of two like misses in a row or you adjust your expectations to take into account kind of this new information that you have. So the last thing I want to address when it comes to overcoming your all or nothing mentality is the fact that yes, taking a more gradual approach is going to lead to more gradual progress. And I know nobody wants that. I know it's a tough pill to swallow. And I know that when you start implementing your next effort in this way, your brain is going to get really noisy in telling you things like, it's going to take you forever to lose weight if this is all you're doing. No way is this even making a difference. All of that kind of negativity. And this is why it's so, so important to do the mental work and be prepared for your brain doing exactly that and to have your responses essentially like preloaded for it's okay if the scale doesn't move as quickly each week because I don't want to keep doing this weight loss thing for the rest of my life. I want this to be the last time that I have significant weight to lose. And as such, I am learning from the past and I am not continuing to beat my head against the wall. I know that when I've tried to do more in the past, it has ended up short-lived. Yes, I see the scale move faster and yes, that feels good, but it's still not enough to keep me going long-term because look at, look at my past, look what's happened before. So I have nothing to lose by doing it this way. And I have so much to gain by taking a more measured, gradual, stepwise approach that allows me to cement a foundation that will serve me for the rest of my life, that will help me identify as a fit and healthy person, not an all or nothing person. That will help me be consistent in engaging in these behaviors that are not just good for my weight loss, but are also good for my overall health and happiness and confidence. There are going to be times that it feels frustrating and that you feel like, I just wish this was happening faster. Or you start kind of extrapolating out. If I'm losing you know, half a pound a week and I want to lose 50 pounds, then I'm looking at two years like, oh my gosh, it's the last thing I want. Remember that the time is going to pass anyway. And I know you've heard things like this before, but it really is true that a lot of people will take the, I just want it as fast as possible approach. And you'll spend from January to March losing 25 pounds and then it fizzles and you spend from March to June gaining a chunk of it back and then you recommit and you lose a bunch more and then the holidays hit and you gain a bunch back and your net change at the end of the year is, you know, essentially nothing. Or you could say, I'm going to add a little bit each week 
a little bit each month. And maybe I'm only losing, you know, quote unquote, three to 10 pounds per month, depending on how much you have to lose. But if I do that consistently, even with some months where I just maintain or cruise months, like we like to call them in coaching, say I'm losing five pounds per month and I'm able to do that even eight months out of the year. So say once one month every quarter, I just maintain what I've lost the previous months. I'm still down 40 pounds at the end of the year. And also, I haven't felt overwhelmed and exhausted and stressed by how I've done it. Obviously, there's, there's nobody listening that's like, mm, nope, give me option A. Losing zero pounds but making an extreme effort feels better than making a gradual effort and losing 40 pounds. So this is what you want to bring yourself back to, this logic, this reason. We're emotional. We are emotional creatures. It is easy to be driven and to be reactive when we're feeling emotional. And part of the work, part of the skills you need to develop are being able to give yourself these pep talks or to lean on your resources, contact your coach or listen back to this part of the episode and remind yourself of this every single time it comes up. I don't care if you get on the scale three times a week and you need to listen to this three times a week. Remind yourself that you do not want to be struggling for the rest of your life. And that taking an all or nothing approach and having an all or nothing mentality is only fostering that and guaranteeing that you're going to get more of the same. So there really is nothing to lose by deciding. That is a hat that no longer fits me. I am done telling myself that's just who I am. And I'm willing to take a more gradual approach because I know it's going to make me more successful in the long term. And it's also going to make me happier and more pleasant in the short term. Hopefully this has been helpful for you. If you struggle with this and if you hear me, but you know, I'm going to get in my own head, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to give up on, on even the small things because that's always what I've done. This is where coaching can help you. You do not have to do all of this alone. You certainly can, but you do not have to. And it will likely be easier and faster and more pleasant if you do have support. So if that resonates at all with you, please go to estheravent.com slash call and book a time to talk with me or Coach Meg about what our coaching entails. I appreciate you guys listening to this episode and tuning in. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you have any, make sure that you join our free Facebook group, also called Live Diet Free, just like this podcast. Let me know that you listened to the episode, what your takeaways are, what questions you have, and I'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Live Diet Free Podcast. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to them all, I appreciate you being here. One way you can help this podcast succeed is to subscribe, rate, and review it. If you don't mind doing those things, I would love to thank you with a copy of our weekend survival guide designed to help you have weekends you enjoy that don't set you back from reaching your goals. Just send a screenshot of your review to admin at estheravant.com and we'll send it over. And don't forget to check out estheravant.com slash coaching for all the info about our Gone for Good coaching program designed to help you develop the confidence, commitment, and consistency necessary to make reaching your health and weight loss goals inevitable. Our three-part framework helps you learn and master the exercise and nutrition big rocks, provides comprehensive support and accountability, and teaches you how to take compassionate ownership of your results. With both group and one-on-one options, we have a Gone for Good package to suit your needs and help you overcome every, every obstacle between you and the weight loss you're after.